Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich LeBrun, and I am the founder and CEO of LeBrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our guest today, Drew McWilliams. He is the founder of Ivy Brook Academy. In 2007, Drew and his wife, Jennifer, founded Ivy Brook Academy, a thriving network of children's preschools. Under his leadership, Ivy Brook has flourished, expanding to now, I hear, over 89 locations across 17 states throughout the U.S. Ivy Brook has secured a place on Entrepreneurs Magazine's prestigious list of the top 500 companies. On the real estate side, Drew brings over 20 years of real estate experience to the table, having served as a licensed broker with a staggering $100 million in successful transactions. With his experience as a real estate professional, he is passionate about educating others on the opportunities available with passive real estate investing. Drew's passion for entrepreneurship is evident in his relentless pursuit of innovative business solutions and strategies. Drew is a staunch advocate for small business ownership and the franchising model. Drew is, an, is a true embodiment of vision, leadership, and entrepreneurship, leaving an enduring legacy in both the business and education realms. He calls Charlotte, North Carolina home, where he resides with his wife, Jennifer, and their two children, and her beloved Bernese Mountain Dog, Maple. While Drew's professional achievements are nothing short of extraordinary, he finds a balance and fulfillment in his personal life. So therefore, beyond the boardroom, Drew is a diehard weekly golfer, enjoys coaching his son's ice hockey team. He bleeds black and gold for his Pittsburgh Steelers. And he takes trips with his wife, educating, and educating others and creating value in the world every day. With that said, welcome, Drew, to the show. Rich, thank you so much. What a great introduction. You are officially hired as my introduction walk-up guy anytime <laughs> that I'm about to go on stage or do a presentation. Very that was good. that was amazing. So thank you. Well, you had the, you had the resume, show. so uh, it's my honor to do that. Drew, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before the show here launched. Uh, what our listeners are li learning to wanting to note from you today, and mostly it's your story. You know, you became an entrepreneur at some particular point in time in life. We'd love to have that story to build up to that day and uh, how you got into the business, what caused you to be an entrepreneur. Was this your first venture? I know you're also in real estate, but give us a little bit of, a, of your story, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I'm happy to kind of unpack that story. And I know everyone's got a great story, so I'm hoping that I can share some information and some details that might be able to encourage others and, and help them uh, along the way as well. So my, my, as you mentioned, my wife and I um, uh, are founders of Ivy Brook Academy, and that's what I'm here to talk about uh, mostly today. Uh, Ivy Brook Academy is a children's preschool. Uh, last I saw, we were ranked uh, the ninth largest children's uh, preschool-based company in the United States, which I'm very happy about. But how did how did you get from that point, you know, point A to point B, right? Let's try to fill in some gaps uh, for your for your audience. My my wife and I are college sweethearts. We actually grew up in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. That's why I bleed black and gold. 
Sometimes I cry black and gold. We've been having a little rough run the last couple of years, but you know, we'll hopefully get them back on track here soon. Um, my wife graduated with degrees in education. I graduated degrees in uh, business, marketing, and management, and uh, focused really on real estate. That's really one of my passions that I have as well. Uh, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina after we graduated. Uh, had a very successful career in real estate. That's why I have so many real estate transactions, I'll call it, under my belt. Worked in residential real estate, transferred into commercial real estate, and I currently invest a lot in uh, multifamily apartment complexes, uh, if you follow me on LinkedIn. Anyways, how Ivy Brook got started was a uh, funny story for you, Rich. All right, ready? Here's a funny I'm, story. We're looking forward to it. L okay. So we're in our mid-20s. My wife and I are married. We don't have any children yet. Okay. And I got to hurry up and tell you this joke before you ever get in touch with her. And she tells it. Okay. <laughs> so my wife was a first grade teacher. She was in her third year of teaching. So I don't know, maybe 25-ish or so, um, a year older than her. She came home from work one day and she goes, Drew, I I've got a calling to work with younger children. And allegedly my response was what are you talking about you're a first grade teacher there's aren't any students younger than first graders because we didn't have any kids i had no i had no idea this world of preschool education existed and she likes to bring that up as often as she can to remind me of what i do now for a living is i came to work you know with her full time with versus yes. for her full time. Yes. So yes. there you go. There's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a background <laughs> into kind of how, how the it got started, I guess, how the company. All right. So real estate to knowing nothing about children to owning a preschool. So nothing. Uh, nothing. You know, how do we get to where we go sometimes in life, right? It's never a straight yeah. line. It's a little bit of a zig and a zag. But uh right. okay. So how long has Ivy Brick been out there since what was how, when did you start it? So we opened in 2007. Okay, 2007. So quite a yeah. while. Wow. You've navigated, you know, that man, you just started right before the collapse. So let's sure talk did. a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. we've weathered some other storms up until today. So uh let's talk about a couple of approaches here. When you if you look back at what you know, knowing what you know today, if you look back to 2007 and around that time. Uh, are there some things that you would do differently knowing what you know today? Yeah, great question. Um, yes, I I think, you you know, one of my favorite lines is you don't know what you don't know. Uh, I truly in, you know, my, my mid 20s, upper 20s, I definitely didn't know what I was doing. And, and what I would have done differently is I would have sought out and surrounded myself with better I'll call it coaches or peers or mentors, whatever you want to call it. Um, because in your twenties, I'm sure you can appreciate this, Rich. You think you can conquer the world, right? You know, in your, in your teens and your twenties, you're the smartest person in the world and you can do everything yourself. And, and thankfully that did work out and we were able to do everything ourselves, but I just think of all the lessons that I could have learned and the money that I could have saved by leaning on someone else um, and just being a little bit more probably humble to not think that I can do everything on my own. Can you think of any one specific thing that you would have, if you had a mentor, could have helped you get either avoid it or get over it quicker? 
Yeah. How about navigating the lending system? I mean, just going to get a commercial loan. Oh my gosh. So I've, we, we, uh, again, in my mid twenties, I have zero business experience. You know, I think I'm a hotshot cause I've got this piece of paper from a college, you know, that says I can, you know, run a business, I guess. Um, and, and that didn't really, that didn't really bode well for having me fill out financial applications. And we got, we got denied the first two times I, I filled out loan paperwork. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And it's really because I had a probably a trash business plan, right? So, you know, we got that buttoned up and thankfully third time was it was a charm. But um, you know, that's that's a that's a whole I mean, that's just one example. There there's many out there. There's many sure come up with. All right. Well, you don't get to where you are today, eighty nine stores as you just mentioned before the call here. Uh, without doing something right. Give me a couple of things that you did right uh, that helps you you know, get to where you are. Yeah, I think very quickly learning to surround myself with good people. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what I just said. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, yours included. And, and one of my favorite uh, hosts consistently says that uh, you're the average of five people that you surround yourself with the most. And that really rings true. And I, I've heard that for, for years now. So surrounding yourself with the right people that um, can not only boost you in, you know, confidence, uh, in mentorship, uh, but also, you know, professionally as well. In, and you should be doing the same. I mean, it, it should not be a one-way street. It should really be a, a give and a take with kind of the people that you're surrounding, you should equally be wanting to make those five people, uh, you know, equally better in their life and what they do. Well, you know, you, you were in real estate. And by the way, I don't know if I shared with you, I had 30 years in commercial real estate. We can talk about that oh, afterwards. Okay. But uh, I know that industry well before I got into this franchise consulting world. Uh, but that is totally the opposite end of a football field, whether yeah. it's the Bear Stadium or Pittsburgh is from childcare you know, daycare. Right. So, so your wife came to you with this idea. Did you just see it as a business model or did it, did, it, did you have a passion about it? I know she did, but she had a calling apparently. Right. Or yeah. you just say, okay, okay, let's jump into that. Yeah. I never thought I would be doing this full time and, and my entire team, my staff, every single franchise owner that we have, they, they, they know this story. Right. And, um, my wife got into it, you know, uh, I, you know, was in the real estate world at the time where I was able to hire an architect and I, I told an architect, you know, um, very non-humbly, please go build my wife, her dream. I've got to go back to work. You know, you know, I just, I just paid someone, you know, a lot of money for this, for this lot. You know, we did a new construction. Uh, I'm very familiar with new construction. So hire an architect, bought land you know, found a GC and then I went back to work and, you know, I was, I was totally moonlighting, you know, I was, you know, coming home at night, you know, work on Ivy Brook Academy, you know, business accounting, you know, I was, you know, the, the unpaid CFO, you know, CEO, you know, CMO, what all these different C's, all the C-suites <laughs> probably fell on my lap so I could have my wife, you know, focus on really the, the teaching and the education and the curriculum and the daily operations. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. And then what happened was my wife's little side hustle started making more money than me in, in commercial real estate. And I was doing pretty good in commercial real estate. So uh, after about um, 
six months, there was a, it's called a registration day for, for the children's preschool world registration day for, for the next upcoming school year. And it's on a Saturday. It's at like nine in the morning. And my wife and I said, Hey, you know, let's show up about an hour early. Let's turn on the lights. You know, it is a little cold here in January and in, uh, in Charlotte, not as cold as Chicago. I understand. Um, and we showed up to the school and that was really the, the light bulb changing moment because when we showed up to the school an hour before registration day, and we saw the parking lot was filled and people were camping outside, then it was, I mean, we had, we had, um, I don't know, 160 people that were probably already in line at our school an hour before it opened. That was truly the light bulb changing moment where I realized, wow, we've got something right now we have, we were in business for six months and, and we were blessed that we were in the black day one. And I didn't, again, be naive. I didn't realize that's, that's not normal. So we were in the black day one. Um, so it opened up, um, the school did the enrollment and then we quickly realized we have to open a second one. And, um, we all know it happened in, you know, 2008 to 2010. And I know, you know, your show, one of your taglines is entrepreneurs that bet on themselves in 2009, when it was the, I'll call it the peak of the, you know, final financial recession. Um, we bet on ourselves and we decided to open a second location and our parents, our friends, they were just besides themselves. They thought we were the dumbest people that they've <laughs> ever met, especially our parents. They'll never, I don't know if they even know how to listen to a podcast. So, but they, they thought, why would we risk, you know, losing our first business that was so successful? Cause you have to do all these guarantees, right? Personal guarantees, just like we were talking about loans right. are hard to navigate, put up, put that whole first business and everything that we had accumulated over the last two years on the line to open a second school during that recession. And guess what? Paid off again. And we were in the black day one, even during the financial recession. And that just proved to us that, hey, education is extremely important. And it doesn't matter if it's higher education in college, you know, in the grade schools, but also the preschool education. During tough times, I've seen it firsthand. Parents will cut back on, they'll go out to to dinner less. They'll go to the movies less. I mean, in, in 2020, we saw people take no summer vacations. They cut back on summer vacations. But the one thing they won't cut back on is their children's education because every parent wants their child to do better than they did in life. So there's, there's my two, hopefully that wasn't too long winded of a story of kind of how I got in from real estate to, to education and kind of did a little bet on yourself there. Well, that's why I say bet on yourself because you know you know you're not betting on someone else. A lot of people around you sometimes are naysayers, and you still got to roll the dice and determine what you're going to do. So, yay for you and your wife. Just curious and a little side question. Normally, don't ask this question, but I know uh, being in the school system type thing. I know it's private. What happened with COVID? Did you guys shut down, or did that piece of your business be okay? Yeah, great question. I don't mind answering that one at all. Um, I I can at time of 2020, we had seven schools open, um, seven schools in our company. So we we've we've grown a lot here in the last in the last few years. So uh, I I continuously tell uh, my wife back in 2020, I, I I 
jokingly, I haven't said this for a long time. It's been three years. I, I told her on my tombstone, I want my greatest success to be able to navigate getting all seven schools PPP loans. So going back to the whole loan thing, you know, that, that was, uh, that was an interesting time for sure. So as far as us, um, you know, what we elected to do, and I have seven schools in, in multiple different states, not all here in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina at that time, you know, every single jurisdiction and state was a little bit different. I can tell you what we did here. I'll call it in the Carolinas, because we kind of consider us one, one big state, North and South Carolina. Um, in March of 2020, we all went virtual, all right? All of our teachers very quickly discovered this amazing thing called Zoom, which you are all and I are on right now. We are very, very blessed that we already had a technology stack that we were able to be remote immediately. It was just really teaching a bunch of educators how to use Zoom. So our curriculum was digital, you know, our, our lesson plans, um, you know, homework assignments, you name it. So Thank goodness that was in place. I mean, that who 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 would have known, you know, to bet on technology a long time ago um, before this happened. So we were virtual for three months. Okay. After three months, uh, we gave parents the option to come back in person because we were considered essential by the government, uh, or they could elect to continue to do virtual. I can tell you across the company, we had probably about a 98% attendance in-person rate. It was extremely high uh, comfort level in the you know safety and, and safeguards that we put in place uh, for our, our students and for our staff alike. And, and with that, you know, we were back in person. And, and I must admit, in in hindsight, I'm very, very happy that we made that decision because I think three years later we have all seen that. Uh, students that were in person for those year or two, you know, they are at, at grade par right now. And yeah. those that might've been home for two years might be struggling a little bit and might be a little bit behind academically. So very hard decision to make at the time, right? It's very easy to talk about now, but those were huge, heavy, heavy decisions on, on my wife and my shoulders back then. Oh, I'm sure they were. But now you have claimed the fame to two keywords in business, recession resistant, Right. You beat the 2008 Great Recession. Now you're also essential. So How about that? You, right. You know, yeah. who would who you put those plaques up on your wall with the rest of them behind you? So, uh, yeah. All right. Let's take a commercial break. It may be obvious to many people, but let's not assume that. Uh, share with our listeners uh, anything you want to do about your company, who, you know, who your customers are, how, you know, anything you want to share uh, with our listeners. This is your yeah. time. Would love to. Thank you. Well, Ivy Brook Academy is a children's half-day preschool. Uh, our unique selling proposition is that half-day part that I just mentioned. So we cater to the stay-at-home or work-at-home parent. Unlike traditional daycares, um, the big companies uh, across the country who do an amazing, amazing job are companies such as Goddard's and the Primrose, which I definitely look up to. They cater to dual-working parents that children drop off uh, or parents drop off their children you know, early in the morning, pick them up after work, where Ivy Brook Academy has a different niche where children either come to us for half the day in the morning or half the day in the afternoon. Uh, before 2020, we are traditionally catered to the stay-at-home parent. Uh, since 2020, there's this rising thing called the work-from-home force now. 
uh, and that has actually voted extremely well for our model. Uh, so that has given a lot of popularity to parents, you know, having the ability to have their children home for half the day and also send them to an academic environment, which also gives them socialization. So uh, if you haven't realized it, Ivy Brook Academy is a franchise company. Uh, our corporate location is based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, but we have uh, 89 locations awarded across 17 states and are always looking for great, amazing franchise owners to bring this model to their neck of the woods as well. Very good. You know, it's interesting with uh, the work at home, you know, new model, you would think that maybe it would have taken business away from you. But I'm finding out even firsthand with my son and his wife, they have their first first child, our grandson, and she gets to work from home, but she can't have meetings because the baby is crying or whatever. So she's right. got to take get take advantage of a preschool environment. And so I can see how it you're still actually probably increased, uh, maybe your business. Uh, Drew, you've had some great success. I mean, you weathered some great storms, but here we are, you know, in 2023, we thought maybe we'd get over in 2022. So I go out the hangover year of 2023. We still have labor issues. We still have, you know, uh, inflation or inflation issues, increased wages. You know, we got lending issues. We got all sorts of sorts of things, war, political unrest, you name it. We got it all in one year. So you are a founder, CEO of a company. You got to, you got to navigate the charge. So do you see it as a time to can grow? Uh, do you want, do you think you should maybe hunker down maybe a little bit? Uh, do you, you think the labor issue, I mean, you're, you're a heavy labor, um, I imagine yeah. business, how are you navigating these tough times? Yeah, it is grow time for sure. Uh, it is grow time for a couple different reasons. Number one, uh, by betting on myself as one of your terms, you know, we have grown intentionally during the financial uh, crisis. Uh, we have also intentionally spent a lot of money during 2020 during the pandemic. So uh, we bet on our, we typically bet on ourselves whenever there's a lot of noise in the media. And I think people that listen to the noise and, and listen to headlines are probably going to get scared by fear and they're probably um, they're probably not going to do anything, right? And, and when that happens, I believe most founders, you can probably take a poll, that is the time when you need to take, it, uh, take advantage of opportunities uh, that are in front of you when and it's just like real estate, you know, you, you make all your money on the purchase, not when you go to sell it, you make it on the, how good of a deal can you get on the front side? It's the same thing with franchising. So right now I'm betting extremely big on explosive growth in 2024 for us, not only because that is what our, you know, the market is dictated uh, for demand, consumer demand, but also franchise owner demand. I mean, we've, We've awarded, you know, seven locations in the last 30 days. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal growth spurt. So if, if you want to talk about how much news has been in the headlines over the last 30 days, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But I think people realize the industry that we're in um, and the demand that is out there. It's a pretty safe bet right now. Yeah, that's really uh, great to hear. And my experience doing this podcast for as long as I have now uh, the great founders like yourself see these type of times as opportunities, and uh, and your and the bet on yourself story keeps coming up over and over again throughout yeah. our conversation here today. Um, 
probably doesn't probably a little bit trepidation along the way, maybe, but the, you still, you got enough history now where you, you bet on yourself, you and your wife, and you, you've seen success from there. But you're also an individual. You're you're a husband. You're a father, right? And uh, we just talked about you were in Chicago uh, with your son's hockey team. Uh, so you still have to get up every Monday morning, take care of yourself, self care. You know, what what gets you motivated? How do you get up Monday morning? You mentioned earlier about use of mentors or coaches, whatever you want to call those. What's uh, what works for Drew? Yeah. Uh, first of all, the day's got to begin with my family. And uh, I love that every morning I choose to take both of my children to school every single day. So I am the school bus in the morning and there is no greater time to begin the day than with both of my children and helping and shaping their day that's about to come to them. Sometimes they need a pep talk, you know, sometimes they need a coach, you know, sometimes they just need a good laugh. So uh, I think the the greatest uh, and most important job in my wife, in my life, in my wife's life is the job that's inside of our four walls of our home. So that is how I shape my day. Um, and, and professionally, I very much believe in having a strong team of, I'll call it mentors, advisors, and it's not necessarily paid, you know, professionals is just surrounding myself with good people. And, uh, you know, I'll give, you know, one of my all time favorite people in the world, who is my mentor is a gentleman named Steve Beagleman, who's a, a franchise, um, coaching consultant. I mean, he's just, he has been my rock for the last seven years and I would not be where I am today without him. So I've got to give him a, a little bit of shout out and his company SMB advisors. So uh, I talk to him pretty much on a, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis, and he's my go-to guy. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And, you know, what better uh, focus to for you and Jennifer to be so zeroed in on your family, which just trickles over into the business that you're in? Uh, it just seems such a synergy there. So I couldn't think of anything better to have, have you say. That was perfect. All right, Drew, this has been wonderful. I'm always grateful that, you know, CEOs, founders of companies like yourself uh, take time out of your busy day to share your wisdom with our listeners. So on behalf of our listener, listeners, I want to say thank you. How can they get a hold of you should they want to learn more about Ivy Brook Academy and the services you offer? Yeah, sure. I am extremely active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can, I am Drew McWilliams on LinkedIn. Uh, you will see probably just as many entrepreneur posts as you'll see about real estate posts as I still have a very active passion in that. And, you know, the, the greatest gift I can give you is the gift of time. If I can ever help anyone or give anyone any advice, I'm happy to do so. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. All my contact information is there or my email address is simply my first name, Drew at ivybrookacademy.com. Very good. And we'll have all that information posted on the notes for this show. And this show will be aired on all podcast platforms within the next two, three weeks, as well as on our YouTube channel. Drew, once again, thank you for your time. Very much appreciated. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Rich. Great. Drew, it was fun. Thank you. Great story. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I never... I, I'm two ways from a podcaster. I loved it, hearing it. And then also as a franchise consultant for me to get to know you as a founder of a company. I'm a firm believer 
I've had the same belief all throughout my corporate career is if I can get to the founder, CEO, the highest person, whoever I can, and I, if I can resonate with them, everything else will be fine downstream. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it's nice to know who you are and your character and the story because now as a franchise consultant, it just helps me also promote your brand and in, in that much better. So, yeah. so tell me about your, your uh, let's shift here just a little bit, real estate. Yeah. So commercial, I just 30 years commercial real estate. Yeah. I, my story is I had a billion dollar client out of Australia and I managed her portfolio throughout the US. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they had bought in 2005 in, in the 2005, six, seven, they're buying uh -huh. at the peak of the market. And then in 2008, and the world collapsed around. So their billion dollar portfolio dropped about $750 million <laughs> overnight. Ooh. So the next eight years, I helped them uh, uh, get rid of their real estate here in, in the United States. So which I did a good job for them. Uh, and, and although at the end of that journey, I was out of work. Yeah. So uh, so I found myself this this uh, consulting career, which I absolutely love. But but you're still playing it. You're still playing in that arena. You're buying multi family. I, I, I still play a lot, and I didn't want to get sidetracked. So I know Whitney from PassiveInvesting.com has been on your show. Yeah. So I do what she does. But yeah. I do it in the multifamily space. So okay. I'm a I'm a I'm a capital raiser for multifamily syndications. And are I, you really? How I how am. large of how large of uh, uh, funding are you looking for? What size uh, projects are you working on? Depends per project. I know I've got my, my, I have about six that launch typically every other month. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a capital raiser. I'm the middleman. So I, I work with four different syndicators, operators, whatever you want to call them. Um, so whenever they bring me and I have a partner, um, what he's from Milwaukee, when, my, when they bring us deals, we stress test it, we analyze it. And if we're interested in it, then you know, we, we put it out to kind of our friends, colleagues, our networks, but I don't advertise it. You're not going to see it on LinkedIn. Legally, I can't because it's only right. for accredited investors. You probably already know all this game already. Um, but typically we're raising about $3 million uh, for each of the deals that we go to market with. So what's that today's market? Under 100 units? No. So we're not the only capital raiser on these deals. So normally I'll just tell you the next deal that we have launched is a 220 unit apartment complex outside of Dallas, Texas launches on the last day of this month, we're waiting to get through Thanksgiving. I didn't want to launch anything the week of Thanksgiving. Um, so I think that one is about a, I think it's a $16 million purchase. Uh, they're going to be raising, I think about six million dollars on it maybe a little bit more uh we're allocated three million of nice. that six to raise and then there's there's two other you know capital raisers that are involved in it as well so we're typically you know first or second place with how much capital we're raising per deal so all the product out there in the, in the commercial real estate world and including multifamily in that sense yeah. apartments got to be a hot commodity right now with the craziness in the, in the single family home market Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to bet pretty heavily. And this is just me. This is my belief. I would never put this on a podcast. I am betting very heavily on on apartment complexes, just because. I'll, I'll of, delete. I'll delete this off the show. Ah, so don't worry about. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> am I still being recorded? You're um, recorded still. <laughs> I mean, just, I'll, just I'll think, edit it out. Yeah, just just it's fine. It's just just think about it. I mean, interest rates are so high. I mean, my. 
my wife's um, cousin just closed on a house yesterday. And I think she has like an eight and a half percent interest rate. And she was happy with that. Like interest rates are crazy. Like home ownership, not only inflation has got prices so high, but interest rates have got so high. Even if interest rates, when they do come back down, because they will, who can afford a home anymore? So I heard well, this that's, crazy that's stat. I, I mean, just absolutely crazy stat on a real estate podcast I heard. Um, so last week that in the next, was it in the next 20 years, only one third of Americans will be homeowners. It was something crazy. It was like, it was an obnoxious stat. So if I'm, yeah. this is the time to be a landlord. If I'm going to bet on something, I'm betting on being a landlord right now. Well, just, just think of the dynamics. The, you yeah. can't afford to buy a home. It's too no. expensive and the interest rates are too high. Right. So therefore, but the renters are also going up. Okay, right. so the, those are getting more and more expensive. So you have, you don't have any money to disposal income to build a savings account to go put it as a down payment. That's right. Yeah, all, all the dynamics are not working in in the in the, in the, yeah to help people buy their first home and yeah. uh, and they kind of miss that wave. You know, my my son bought his first home uh, right right around 2019. Okay. Uh, it's, but he but he caught it right, so he yeah. got that big pop. You know, yep. the 2020 21 pop. And so he's, I said, thank goodness, because you now you got some equity, you can go forward. But if you would have missed that, to come into this market today, I don't know how they can do it. And yeah. uh, uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm right, I'm right, right there with you. And uh, yeah. I get it. Uh, office buildings, I stay as far away from as I can. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. industrial, yeah. industrial still good. Retail is kind of a, squir a squirrely thing today. With yeah, I think hmm. it's, I think retail is really. It's market specific. I, I I don't have a good pulse to say, you know, retail is good or bad across the country. I think it's very, very specific. And yeah, well, just look at the big malls. You know, they're struggling right. and, and they're doing a lot of different things today that just to stay in the game. But uh, interesting. Well, good for you. So that's that's fun little fun fact you still about do, you. Do you still do real estate or investing in it? I don't. I don't. I'm kind yeah. of on the market. I do investing in small stuff with my family. You know. Little yeah. fix and flips and things like that, but uh, you know, it was a good career. Had a lot of fun, and uh, I love talking about it. Yeah, you know, I love I love helping my franchise uh, clients. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. I'm not their broker, but I kind of. I'm actually trying to finish up a book about how to do look at real estate from a franchise perspective. Ooh, what a great book! I will absolutely help promote that. That well, is, yeah, I appreciate oh, yeah. that. I would, yeah. I would, I would love to help you promote that. I think that's definitely needed out there right now. Yeah, it, it it really is. I hear too many war stories on the real estate side of things. And so just want to coach them. Hey, yeah, Ivy Brooks, exciting. You got 89 stores going. How many, how many you got open? 35. 35. Good. So you're a lot in, de you're in development. Yeah, I think I'll um, open, uh, open probably 14 next year. So a lot of people are signing multi-unit agreements all of a sudden. It's not it's yeah. not so scary now that we've crossed a thir certain threshold. No one wanted to buy multiples back in the day, but now everyone's like, "Oh yeah, makes sense." Yeah, well, you know, they're willing to bet on something and you guys you you got a proven track record. One question then I'll let you go. When it comes yeah. to your brand or any brand in in the same space having the word children in that box. I would say 8 out of 10 people that who are interested in that space always go I'm concerned about the insurance and liability dealing with kids today, right? And all the craziness with kids. What what can I tell them? Uh, you can tell them it depends on the industry, okay? 
I will tell you that my insurance costs are probably mm, a fifth of what national daycares are. And here's the reason why. There's three reasons that my insurance costs are so low. And my insurance costs are about 10 grand a year. That's nothing. I, I know some people that are 60,000 plus per year. Here's the three reasons why. I don't take infants, okay? No cribs. These are walking, talking, you know, children. That's number one. Number two, I don't serve food. I don't have a kitchen. Don't serve lunch. There goes my choking hazards, right? There goes my liability. Mm -hmm. Number three, no busing. I don't have a bus, <clears throat> so I lose that liability. Well, I'll tell you, that was, thanks for that. I, I feel so much smarter now than the, and understand it makes all the sense in the world when you said that. Okay. No infants, liability there, food to make food allergies today, craziness, and transportation. That's it. That speaks for itself. Here's you're doing okay there. A <laughs> <clears throat> little bit of cough, but I'm good. There I'm back. Go. All right. Well, I won't keep you long. Drew, it's been uh, wonderful to get a chance to meet you via the podcast. Maybe I'll meet you at some of these conferences someday. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, and uh, if I can help promote Ivy Brook Academy, I will. Um, we'll, we'll get this edited. We'll send it to you. Feel free to use it in any way, shape, or form you want to. Uh, we'll post it in all our podcast platforms, and we get about 25,000 people we send it out to. So Awesome. Looking forward right. to it. Thank Have you again for the time. Loved it. You bet. Bye. See ya. Rich LeBron here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show, include the hashtag Get It Done Entrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.